Hello, hello! Welcome back to another episode of In the Highs, In the Lows. I fully already recorded this episode, about 90% of it. Um, but I didn't press record. So, I am doing this again. But God is going to work in this part too. You know, it's going to be epic. Okay, so... If you're new here, you should go follow my Instagram at inthehighs.inthelows. I'm about to do a giveaway on there, or I am doing a giveaway by the time you're listening to this probably. Um, So you should go enter that. We're going to give away some Target gift cards, a really cool five-week program that's like a um, amen. It's like a prayer cool thing. It's really cool. Just wait and you'll see. Um, And then this really cool print. It's all going to be epic. There's more details on the Instagram. Go follow. Um... So I'm just going to jump right in. So today we're talking about insecurity and anxiety, mainly insecurity, but I feel like insecurity and anxiety really lie in very similar categories. Um, so some fun facts about anxiety. Um, so almost 20% of adults suffer from clinical anxiety in the U.S. Um, about Out of the women in the United States, about 23% of women struggle with it. And of men, it's about 14%. Um, so that is very large numbers of anxiety and insecurity or, well, just anxiety for that. Um, it doesn't sound like a ton, but like when you think about the amount of people in the United States and how much 20% is like, girl, that's a lot or guy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people who suffer from anxiety. Not only that, I would say... I couldn't find any statistics on who suffers from insecurity because it's not really, like, a medical diagnosed thing. But I'm pretty confident everybody struggles with insecurity. I don't think I've ever met a person who doesn't struggle with insecurity. I've had lots of conversations with people about insecurity. I struggle from major insecurity. Um, Even, like, adults struggle from major insecurity. And you might be an adult watching this. Congratulations. If you're not, um, just a quick reminder, even when you've grown up, you still suffer from anxiety. Um, that is kind of rough, but it's also an important thing to remember because treat adults with respect because they also have insecurity and anxiety and stuff. Okay, moving on. Um, so social media is known to spike insecurity specifically in teens. That is a fact, unlike my insecurity thing, my other insecurity thing, but, um, yeah, so I'm not trying to be your mother and be like, hey, get off of social media. It's really bad for you, blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just telling you about some facts I have noticed and that you could, that's like scientifically proven. Um, and it's basically just that social media is really, really harmful for teens, especially because we, you know, we're growing up with social media. I've had social, I've had Instagram since I was 15. I've been living my life on public display since then. And it's just, it's hard because I, I know what my life looks like inside now, you know? I know what it looks like on the inside when I'm suffering with insecurity. I know what it looks like on the outside when I'm taking stage photos and editing them. I actually don't edit my photos, but I know a lot of people do. But I know we all, like, look at that. And we see other people's stuff and we see other people's photos. And we look at that and compare it to what we know is on the inside of us. And it hurts. Like, I'll watch people post these like most stunning photos like girls will post the most stunning photos of themselves and it makes me feel bad about myself which it really shouldn't 
because that's comparison and comparison is the thief of joy. I don't like comparison, very against it, very good at it though, which is pretty annoying. But I think it's just, we look in the mirror and we see what we look like unedited without the fancy clothes on, without the fancy makeup, without all the filters. But we look on Instagram and we see what everyone looks like with all that stuff. We don't really see them without it. Like maybe our close friends, yeah, but like other people, no. And I think it's hard because our generation, if you've like looked on TikTok, I feel like our generation is very much the type of generation that claims like, hey, we're making things better. We're doing better. Like we're fixing the problems that the generation left before us. But then we do stuff like, I don't know, post really edited photos of ourselves and make other people jealous, knowing full well it might make other people jealous. Um, and then we make other people jealous and other people feel worse about themselves. And this insecurity, we're t- saying like, hey, everybody struggles with it, but we're trying to do better. Like, we're so much more accepting, but, like, the way we post is not accepting, you know? Like, if we're claiming to be, our whole generation claims to be accepting, but we're really not. Gonna be real. We're not. We lie to ourselves and the world about how great our lives are because we see everyone else's highlight reel and get worried we're not good enough. And then everybody else sees ours, and then they do the same thing, and it's just a progressive cycle. You know, we're hurting ourselves. And I don't know. I, like, looking at social media, like, I don't know if you know it. It's called Be Real. It's this new social media that came out a couple months ago. I don't know how old it is. But um, I got it. I downloaded it. And I will see myself. Basically, let me explain it first. So Be Real, basically, once a day, it'll give you two minutes to take a photo from your front camera and your back camera on your phone. And then that way it can see, like, what you're actually doing. So you're, like, being real and stuff. Well, something, I'll get an app like that. How often do I save my photo until I do something interesting? Because I'll watch my friends being, like, out on the boat or, like, going to see a movie or out at dinner or something fun, you know? Something that I'm not necessarily doing when I'm on the couch watching Modern Family or whatever I'm doing. And then I'll save my photo for later until I'm doing something interesting because I don't want to be judged for not doing something interesting. Because sure, it's known as like a non-toxic social media app, but it's still toxic, you know? I also find myself, when I'm on social media, debating whether or not to post something because I feel like I'm going to be judged by anyone in my life. Um, Oh wait, I read that wrong. Sorry, I have notes that I'm reading this from and that's why I'm a little bit like scattering a little bit but um I feel like I'll post something and then I'll debate whether or not to post it because if I'm judged by anyone I might have an episode where I freak out and I become super insecure and I start crumbling to pieces and I start bawling my eyes out and I just I don't know what to do and it just like that what if that like little pebble of judgment that they threw at me is what cracks me you know so then I start to have this idea that I shouldn't post this because I'm gonna get made fun of in a b and c reasons and it just it hurts you know Because everything on social media is about comparison. It's about what other people think of you. It's about all these things. Um, So, with that said, I'm going to talk a little bit what this means about as a Christian. So, I'm the type of Christian that has grown up in the church. I was saved when I was about five years old. I was baptized by the time I was eight. When I was little, I would sit in restaurants, and when we'd leave, I would take the ketchup. Yes, I know I say it wrong. I would take the ketchup bottle, and I would write, Jesus loves you, on my plate. Which, I'm sure people hate it. But as a six-year-old, it was cute, you know? But when you start growing up, when you're in high school, and instead of 
like, I don't know, doing something crazy, going to parties or something, or, like, going on dates or something. I don't know. Instead of doing that, I am at church constantly, or I'm reading my Bible, or I have a podcast where I talk about Jesus. All these things. All these things that I do where I still am putting Christ number one, which is awesome. It is an awesome thing. But, man, does it hurt when somebody calls you out on it. When somebody goes, why are you spending so much time at church? Or, like, why don't you ever, like... Not why don't you ever hang out with me, because that's different. But just, like, why do you make Jesus your number one? In, like, a judgmental tone. I'm not saying, like, they're asking, like, I want to learn more about Jesus. But they're saying, like, why would you make Jesus your number one? Like, why? Why do you think that's a good waste, a good way to spend your time? Why do you think that that's how you're going to gain influence? Why do you think that that's worthwhile in this world? Because clearly it's not. Like, that type of thing, all of a sudden it hurts. And I know that doesn't happen very often. It is like it's not even real persecution really in my opinion but like when it does happen it hurts and then you get more insecure and then you start to hide in your shell a little bit more I think a really good example of just like insecurity as a Christian is worship like all on Sundays I go to service and we'll do worship and for a while when I was at middle school service I'm a middle school small group leader um I would go up to the front and I would worship the girls and sometimes the boys, they came up, and we would have so much fun, but every time I felt like I was judged, people are looking at me, they're staring at me, like, all these things, by these middle schoolers, it's like, why do I even care, honestly, why do I even care, they're just middle schoolers, I don't care about their opinion, I don't care, I, like, I shouldn't care, but all of a sudden, when I'm praising God, I'm getting distracted about what others think of me, rather than what I think of God, you know, Or what God thinks of me. Okay, so I have some scripture for us. It's Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So in Joshua 1, where God is commissioning Joshua to take over after Moses, he tells him four times, be strong and courageous. I think this is important. So basically what happened is Moses died after the Israelites were uh, wandering for 40 years. And Joshua took over after Moses, and God is telling him what to do, and basically just things like be strong and courageous. It's kind of a great example. And I'm sure you've heard this phrase before. I know I have. I feel like this is a phrase that we use when somebody's struggling. Like when my dad passed, I got told be strong and courageous a million times, you know? Like it's just one of those things that it's like it's a comforting phrase, like be strong, you know? Like God will bring you comfort. Where how often do we see it on, like, maybe, like, on the cover of your Bible, it says, be strong and courageous. Or, like, on the cover of a notebook that you, like, take notes in, be strong and courageous. Or just something like that. How often do we use that phrase as just something to bring comfort, but then we kind of just look over it? And I think, I, I personally find myself doing that a lot. I'll say, be strong and courageous. But then do I think about it? No. Do I think about how he calls us to have courage? No. I kind of just say the words. And going back to the worship thing, I think that a lot of the times, I know I do, I'm assuming this isn't just me, but I'll just sing through worship and I'll gaze off about what others are thinking of me, which is, that's not strong and courageous like God calls us to be. That is weak and that is cowardly, and I know those are strong words, but that is. Like, this is God. He saved us from eternal death as a punishment for our sins. And we're sitting there, gazing off, worrying about what others think, rather than singing praise. Like, we should be singing praise. We should be singing with loud and with our arms raised. We should 
be just so excited. Why are we finding so much shame in this thing that all of heaven will spend eternity doing? Um, so in Isaiah 6, 1 through 3, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him he stood the, uh, above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah prophesies that the whole host of heaven will be doing the very thing we're ashamed to do. Or at least I'm ashamed to do. Um, if it's just me, sorry. But honestly, I don't think it's just me. And it might just be me with a worship thing, but how often are we ashamed to invite people to church? I know with my Christian friends, I, or my friends who aren't Christian, I have to really work to invite them to church. Like, I have to really get up that confidence to go and tell them about Jesus and invite them to church because I know I'm going to get shot down 9 out of 10 times. Not even 9 out of 10 times. I would say, like, 19 out of 20 times. You know? Like, I'm going to get shot down the majority of the times. And it is so hard time and time again to hear, no, 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 stop talking about it, Ellie. I have had friends who I passion them about it enough where they're like, Ellie, I'm not interested. I do not want to go. And it is hard. It is hard to hear that because it is this thing that I have put as the number one thing in my life. It's this thing that brings me joy. I know it's the answer. I know that it's what people are seeking for. But they are telling me no. They're telling me, Ellie, I'm not interested. And it's like, I'm not handing you out a pamphlet for life insurance. You know? I'm telling you about the gift of Jesus. And it's so hard to get shot down like I'm a company. Like I'm just trying to give you free propaganda. How often are we ashamed to walk up to new people at church? This Sunday we had these two new girls and I had never met them before. Obviously they were new. And I'm the crazy extrovert at church. I'm the one running around and being crazy and stuff like that. And I was like low-key ashamed to go talk to them because I feel like I get judged for the amount of like craziness that I have and for the amount that I'll like like I won't shut up and things like that so I'm afraid to go talk to them but isn't it so important for me to go and talk to them and get them connected so that they can learn more about Jesus or they can create a relationship with Jesus instead I'm chickening out I'm having to get like three friends to go with me so we go talk to them and we did talk to them and they were the sweetest girls and I'm so glad that we connected with them and I think they're coming back next week and I'm so excited about that but Yes, our insecurity is real. My insecurity is so real. And I know y'all's is too. But so is Jesus, and he is so much greater than our insecurity. Because he is the one who gives us strength. He is the one who makes us courageous. That's not us. That has never been us. We're trapped under this shame cycle of sin, something that we are not escaping alone. Something that we'll not only have to suffer through in our lives is something that is only, and I mean only escapable through Jesus. Um, I want to bring you back to that Joshua 1.9 verse. And it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So it doesn't say be strong and courageous and just leave it there. God doesn't send Joshua out into the land of the Canaanites and Jericho and the other Amorites, I think, and the other ones that I can't remember. He doesn't send him out to all those places just so that he can do it himself. Joshua isn't sent to do it all himself. Joshua is with God. God is with Joshua. And, you know, like, think about the Battle of Jericho. It's 
Israelites walking around a city wall with a trumpet. Like, that's not going to happen without God. Look about Rahab and Joshua, which is like the precursor to Jericho, where they go into Jericho and they're hidden by Rahab. They wouldn't have been hidden without God. If you read that story, the whole reason that she hides them is because she has faith in God. Okay, how often do we assume that God is calling us to be strong and courageous, but then assume that God's just leaving us to do it ourselves? He's not. Like I said, we're not getting out of this alone. We're not getting through life alone. We can't. We literally cannot. Sin is our messed up way of trying to get through this life. But we can't. We messed it up. Only God can. Only God can get us through. And this is basically a very long roundabout way to tell you God is going to provide insecurity. Or, no. God is going to provide courage over insecurity. God is so much greater than that insecurity that you keep thinking about. God is so much greater than that comparison that you keep living in. It's important to just remember, like, yes, we're called to be strong and courageous, but not alone. Because alone, we're not going to be strong and courageous. We're not strong and courageous. Because we are weak and cowardly because we turn to sin. That is weak and cowardly within itself. But we are called to be strong and courageous. And I just, I think it's so important to remember that. And, yeah, so that's basically... What I want to talk to you about, I know this episode has been kind of crazy, but I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I really am glad that you're here. I got a little bit distracted there, sorry. Um, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that you're learning something here. I don't really know where I was going with that. Um, yes, so if you're new here, like I said, you should follow on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you are not new here, awesome. Welcome back. Um, I'm so grateful for y'all, as I said. Um, I hope y'all can remember to live strong and courageously. It's something I will be trying to be doing this next week. Um, also, like I said, giveaway on my Instagram account, so go follow. Um, yeah, I hope I'm not missing anything. Have a great day.